thinking about when the business becomes bigger than you, what does that look like? Who do you need in place? What systems, what support, what infrastructure? And maybe your goal is to scale it and sell it and multiply it. And maybe it's not. Either one is okay. Because I always say no revenue goal is worth your piece. Welcome, everybody, to The Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Chris Harder Show, where we absolutely believe that both prosperity and generosity can and must coexist. Now, it's another Money Monday here where we talk all things money. But today, specifically, we are talking to you entrepreneurs, whether you're a brand new entrepreneur or whether you've been in the game for a long time. We're going to be talking about managing your cash flow. We're going to be talking about what to do if you're afraid to look behind the curtain at your actual money situation. We're going to talk about why there is no shame and how to quickly recover if you don't understand how to do things like read a P&L or if you don't understand even what your profitability is at the moment or how to do projections. And we're going to be accomplishing all this today by sitting down with a really good friend and even better yet, my wife's actual fractional CFO for my wife's company, Bridget Boucher. Now, first of all, talk about putting your money where your mouth is. Bridget is literally who Lori, my wife, hired to be her fractional CFO to help navigate as she builds Light Pink and is making her pivot in products right now. She wouldn't have been able to weather the storm financially without having an incredible fractional CFO like Bridget walking her through her numbers, telling her what's a good decision, telling her where the the danger zones are, and helping her turn a whole bunch of wall-kicking moments and hurdles into wins. That's what a good fractional CFO does. They make sure that you turn any fear and uncertainty when it comes to your numbers into a path of absolute certainty and winning. So listen, this is a very important episode for really anyone who isn't taking a look under the hood at their numbers, but especially all of you entrepreneurs out there. By the way, you want to know how we know, Bridget? Years ago, she joined one of our masterminds back when we owned Fast Foundations. That's how we met her. And here she is today, a very important piece of my wife's company. So get ready, take some notes, and by the way, If you want to possibly collaborate with us and brainstorm with us, then hit pause. I mean it, hit pause and text me the word roundtable because my commitment to you in this year, 2023, is I'm going to start putting together these small group strategy sessions for two days straight, where as a group, we are working on your business and your strategy. And as a team, we are also there working on your business business and your strategy. It'll change your freaking life in two days. If this is what you want, if you're an entrepreneur and you want a piece of this, then hit pause 
and text the word roundtable to me at 310-421-0416. I'm serious. Hit pause. Text me the word roundtable and then come back to this episode. Text me the word roundtable to 310-421-0416. We'll talk about what kind of business you have and if you're a good fit for these roundtables in person that I'm going to be doing. All right, guys, get ready. Listen up. No more fear around your numbers. It all ends here. Let's go. All right, Bridget, my friend, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Great. Thanks. Good to be here. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I interviewed Rob Murgatroy, who we both know, and he's one of my best friends in the world. I interviewed him recently and I said, you know, Rob, my friend, welcome to the show. And I paused and I said, friend doesn't do it justice. Like, like he's like family to us because I opened all of the interviews with, you know, so-and-so, my friend, welcome to the show. And so I just wanted to clarify, like, when I say Bridget, my friend, welcome to the show, I really genuinely mean my friend. And I want to tell you why. I've known you for a long time, ever since you joined one of our masterminds, you know, several years back. But the reason why I respect you so much as a friend is you have made my wife's life so much better and therefore made my life so much better when it came to the stress around running the finances for her company, right? For Light Pink that, that she raised capital for in the whole nine yards. You've taken all of that stress away from her and you've made it so I don't have to do it either. And, you know, I've never had a chance to publicly say thank you, but I think the best way to, to kick this show off is saying, I mean it when I say my friend, because I feel indebted to you for how much you helped our marriage by taking over the finances and running the cash flow and all of the magic that you have done with Lori. So thank you. Oh, you are welcome. That is music to my ears. If anybody's listening and says there's a pain point somewhere, it's always what makes somebody else happy. Just find that person. <laughs> it's true. It's funny because your, your business partner, Amanda, I watched her face light up the other day when we were talking to a different mutual friend about their finances. And the friend had a lot of anxiety around it. And she's like, how are you going to put all these pieces together? It's a mess. And Amanda lit up and she's like, oh, I love putting this stuff together. I'm like, you do? <laughs> I'm <was> just shocked. <laughs> it's where great businesses are born, y'all. What isn't a pain point to you, you might not recognize as your genius, but it is a pain point to somebody else. Just own it, go out there and solve people's problems doing it because that is where it's at. That's where passion meets profit and purpose and all those things. Well, you guys do it better than anyone else. That's why I wanted to have you on. I want to get right to the value for the customers or the listeners right now, I should say. I want to start with two scenarios. Stay with me here. I spoke to a mastermind recently, someone else's mastermind, and there's about 30 people in there. And somebody asked a uh, question around the subject of their finances and their business. And so I said to him, I said, well, here's the most simple thing you need to have set up at ground zero. You need to have a business bank account set up for your business. You need to have one credit card that you use for all your business expenses and business expenses only, right? So you're not bouncing back and forth between debit cards and credit cards and you, you don't have personal expenses on it, et cetera. One card for everything. And you need a bookkeeper to reconcile all of that for you so that you don't miss tax deductions. Because their question was, hey, how do I make sure that I get all my you know, tax deductions, pay the least amount of taxes possible? And I said, that's square number one. If you're not doing that, then who cares about the other advanced things? People leave so much money on the table. So get this, Bridget, here's where it'll be interesting to you. I said, guys, be real with me in the room, 30 of them. 
Don't impress me. Be real with me. How many of you have those three basic things set up? Less than one third of the room raised their hand. Now, I don't say this in judgment. I say this so that every person listening right now, if you don't have these things set up, there's no shame in that. You're not alone. Over two thirds of this room full of entrepreneurs that paid to be in a mastermind and have great businesses, they also didn't have this very basic first step set up. And so if you're listening, know that we are going to take away all the shame, all the fear, all the discomfort, all of the unfamiliarity. We're going to take all of that stuff away over the next 45 minutes or whatever in this episode because Bridget's an absolute freaking genius, not just at the finances in your company, but at making you feel proud about your zone of genius and making it so that you don't have shame that numbers doesn't happen to be it. Does that blow your mind that that happened, Bridget? It's surprising, but not shocking, to be honest. So if you're in in a car or you're going on a walk and you're listening to this and you're like, it me, they can see me. No, literally, like Chris said, two thirds of people don't have some of these basics set up. It is not a problem that you find yourself in that situation. It is only a problem if you stay in that situation. And so we're here to help you give you some empowering tips and tools and steps. And Chris just gave you three gold mines right there of where to start and where to build from. Because every entrepreneurial journey has a season. Everything has a milestone and a next step. And we want to guide you step-by-step as much as we possibly can to help empower you to get to know your numbers, get to use your numbers, and get you to really step into that next level leader that you need to be to scale your business and reach your overall mission. So, It's interesting because I think a lot of people are so afraid to raise their hand and say, hey, I don't know my numbers. Or they're so afraid to raise their hand and say, I can't tell you what's in my books. Or they're so afraid to, to raise their hand and say, I don't have a PL or I don't know how to read a PL. And where I want to go with this is you have done such a masterful job. Because by the way, that's my wife. You, you know Lori well enough to know that that will never be an area of expertise for her. It's just not the way her brain works. And it creates such discomfort. There are so many people just like that. It doesn't make you bad at business. It doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make it so that you're not going to succeed. It's just a, it's just one of the areas where you have a gap. And you and I were on a Zoom call with a friend recently. I referred the friend to you. I said, hey, this person makes a million bucks a year. And they raised their hand and said, I don't know anything about my numbers. I don't know if I've got $2 to rub together or $2 million to rub together. And she meant it. She literally makes a million bucks a year in her business and doesn't know if she has 2 bucks or $2 million bucks. And she finally had the courage to raise her hand and say, hey, I've got to do something about this because it keeps me up at night. This is my number one source of, of anxiety. And so I connected all of us on, on the Zoom. And I proceeded to watch you for the next hour just masterfully make her feel comfortable, take away the shame, take away the fear. And do you remember? She was glowing afterwards. She was like excited around a subject that brings her so much pain. So let's start there. Why do you think it is that, you know, you think of a, of CFOs and you think of tax advisors and you think of accounting firms and you think they're dry and you think they're, they don't understand you as a human. You're the opposite. You understand people as a human first and you just happen to have all those other skill sets. Where does that come from and why is that important to you? When I look at a business and I look at a lifestyle and I look at finances and all the things, it's all connected. We're all one energy. All the It all comes from one soul, right? We've got so much energy in a given day. And when I think of a business owner and I think of a human overall who's trying to balance all the things, life and business, and use this amazing resource called money, mm-hmm. I think of things like, how do we connect the dots? Why do we compartmentalize things? Yeah. And when you really think about the whole purpose of money, it just represents 
potential and possibility. It's a tool, right? You can do good with it. You can not do good with it, but it's a choice that you have. And so for me, when I start to talk about financial things, I don't start with money. That actually doesn't matter to me. It's a byproduct. It's a byproduct of the problems you solve, the services you put out there, the products that you deliver to the world. And when you start there, the money just becomes part of the solution. It doesn't become the means because I've had money before. I've not had money. And the problem wasn't money. It was the meaning I was assigning to it. Oh, expand on that for me. For example, when I was in corporate, so my backstory for anybody, I I grew up in corporate. I took the traditional career path, got my CPA license, was a corporate CFO for 15 years before I left to go to entrepreneurship. And during that time, my meaning of money was just very material because here's the thing. I was working my ass off. I was working weekends. I didn't have time to spend to bring joy to my life, but I did have more money than I had had before. So what would I do? I would go buy material things on the weekend because I needed instant gratification. Oh, been there, done that. Totally. Mine was Tiffany's. I would leave with like little blue Tiffany's boxes. And instantly I felt like, see, it's worth it. All my sacrifices, all my over-delivering, all my over-justifying of all these hours. Boom, here's a blue box. Because I could spend the money on something material and get that instant gratification. I couldn't spend the time because I didn't have enough PTO. The job would fall apart. The work would still be there. And so what happens in my transition of leaving corporate, we start to redefine success. And so the meaning that I have around money now is more of like, wow, it is that potential. It is that possibility. I value my time a lot more. I want to make more money in less time and have more experiences because now I have the ability to say, I flipped my world on its head. I left the stability of a corporate career. I fucking better build my life back the way that I want it or what, what was it for? Yep. And so the meaning that I have now and the meeting that I instill in the meetings of my business owners is you've done something similar. Mm -hmm. You've sacrificed things. You've doubted yourself. You have failed forward. You have invested time and money. Your family has doubted you. Look, entrepreneurs, we've been through it. We see each other. And if I tie it back to, is this what you want? Like, what, what would your business look like? And how would it support the lifestyle that you want if you truly had it your way? And that's why we always start with that. What matters to you? Is it time? Is it money? Is it experiences? Do you have family? And if we, like I always say, I don't want somebody to need me every day Yeah. from a business standpoint. So my offers don't include that. Yeah. That would be incongruent. That would be out of alignment with what I am trying to put out there from a business and lifestyle alignment. So that's why we start with that. That's why those conversations are deeper than money. And that's why I think people have been relating to it because I work with a lot of creatives. Look, they don't speak spreadsheet and I don't blame them. That's okay. I do. Amanda does. We'll, we'll do it for you. You don't need to know your numbers. You need to know your numbers. You don't need to do your numbers. And that's where we really fit in to be able to provide that support. I feel like you guys are the doctor that you're not afraid to go see. Like, yeah, you know, the doctor might run the test and they might give you some bad news, but you're the doctor that if anyone's going to give me bad news, I feel like you're going to do it in a way that makes me feel like there's tons of hope. And I've watched you do that with other people when it comes to their finances. We were just on that call that I was referencing earlier with a a mutual friend of ours. And you said something and hopefully you remember what it was because I'm trying to remember it. I just can't. But she was like, I'm so afraid of what I'm going to find or I'm so afraid of what you're going to find. And you had a rebuttal that was so good and immediately put everybody at ease. And it, well, do you remember what it was? Was it the money monster? Yes. Yes. 
Okay, so here it is for everybody, wherever you are, I think you could relate to this, but it's about looking the, like peeling back the curtain, looking the money monster in the face and then making her prettier over time. Yes, that's what it was. It's such a simple statement, but you're like, hey, no matter how ugly this thing is, I know for a fact that we can make this prettier over time. But Mm -hmm. the monster's there, whether you look at it or not, right? Mm -hmm. Talk to me about the consequences of not looking at it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's really, it perpetuates the problem. And and I think the, the good thing about money is that it's fluid. It's always moving. It's going in and out, in and out, in and out of the bank account. And the bad thing about money is it's always moving. And what I mean by that is if you are not managing it, it's likely that it's going to disappear. So it's something that if you're not looking at it, you can't change it. If you're not managing it, it can't really multiply. And, you know, your longevity of your business really depends on your ability to manage your money. Gosh, it's so true. Do you, can you give me an example? Leave names out, obviously. <laughs> Have you ever dug into someone's books and said, oh, you are moments away from going bankrupt unless we we make some changes? And then you were able to make the monster prettier and it turned into a success story? Yeah, I've got a lot of examples. And I'm going to give you guys a tip, you listeners, because you can do this at home, right? Like this is actually something that we do as part of our program, our initial assessment. But this is something you can do today. So wherever you are, make note of this. It is a matter of looking at your cash outflow and your subscriptions. So for example, to answer your question specifically, Chris, yes, we've dug into a business before where they, you know, everything's changing year over year, the economic demands, the environment, all of those things. So people pivot and they make different offers for the upcoming year. And our job is to basically say, what are you selling? How are you putting it out there? And then we say, okay, let's look at your burn rate. Let's look at your subscriptions. Let's look at what, who you have on staff. Does that still support these new offers? And the reality is, as the demands change, as your offers change, your resources should also change. Yeah. And so we wiped out 10 grand basically in a 20 minute conversation. A 10 grand a month of like bills? This was 10 grand a month in so- unneeded software. Okay. Just in monthly software. So that one, I think, was, I think that one might have been annually. That they didn't uh, need. They, they just didn't need. If they weren't looking at it, they would have just kind of let this bleed out because. It doesn't matter how big your business is. Profit can bleed away 25 bucks at a time. Oh, yeah. 25 bucks here, 25 bucks here, right? And yep. so we can basically do a quick look as you can and look at your subscriptions, look at your resources. Does this still support the mission of my business? Like who am I paying and why? And when you ask yourself that question, you might be able to make these quick changes and then right away your cash position changes. Wow. 10 grand of subscriptions of software that they didn't need. How many people out there are probably spending $1,000 a month, $2,000 a month Mm -hmm. on services and subscriptions and software and all these things that they don't need and they're just slowly bleeding themselves to death because they've never bothered to, to sit and reconcile that? Yeah, there's a lot of costs in a business and a lot of times I'll say costs are more certain than revenue. Mm -hmm. But you do have more control when you're actually looking at them. Like think about how you pay people. Sometimes there's a cost associated with that and there could be something cheaper depending on which platform you use. And so it's about having that bird's eye view of being able to look in and say, is this necessary? Is this valid? Is this helping me reach my goal? And then taking action on it. Because again, money's fluid. It's going to keep perpetuating. It's going to keep adding up. So it's just about being responsible. You worked hard for that money, you know? Yeah. People are that, I mean, I think people underestimate how hard it is to earn a buck. And so if they've mastered that piece, Mm -hmm. don't let it be for nothing. 
Mm-hmm. Don't, don't think that the managing of your finances is more difficult. It's not. It's more difficult to create the money. And then if it's uncomfortable for you to manage the finances, this is where you need a fractional CFO. Now you are a fractional CFO. I think we should tell the, the listeners what that is. You are Lori's, my wife's fractional CFO for Light Pink. And I referenced earlier, like the difference you've made in her life. People are probably wondering what is a fractional CFO? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I'm happy to clarify it because there's a lot of businesses out there that are looking for financial support. So a CFO, chief financial officer is essentially what it is. The fractional part just means you don't need one full time. Nope. Your business isn't at, a, at that stage yet. And there's a really big benefit to having a fractional team in place for for various reasons. But as a CFO, we manage pretty much, Amanda's my business partner that Chris alluded to earlier. There's two of us for a reason because finance is a pretty big game. Like there's a lot going on. There's strategy, there's tax implementation strategy, there's workflows, how you receive money, how you pay money, like cash flow. There's a lot of pieces to it. And we basically help you set up a financial framework for your business and a financial strategy that will help you reach your goals. And the thing about that, that sounds so broad, and I'm going to kind of keep it broad to a degree because every decision you make in your business has a financial impact. Yep. And so if you literally just say, hey, I'm going to hire somebody. How much do I pay them? When do I pay them? Oh my gosh, I'm going to invest in a mastermind. Okay, great. What are the costs associated with that? What's the opportunity cost? I have a new salesperson coming on. What's the compensation plan? I have all of these different decisions that I make. Efficiency isn't a line on a P&L, but it should be because your SOPs might be shit. Mm-hmm. And you have to touch the same paper five times over and over. That's costing you money. And so your CFO team, your financial fractional team is going to help shed light on some of those things. We want to identify the gaps and we want to identify overlaps. So you're not overpaying and you're not going without. And somehow in the middle of that is optimizing all these resources, time, people, money, and energy. I've dipped in on the meetings that you have with Lori, you know, you fly in and, and you meet here at the house and you go through her stuff and they take a couple of days oftentimes. And so I'll dip in from time to time. And I watch the giant whiteboards, the the big sticky notes on the walls, the whole nine years that you guys do. And if I didn't know that you guys were fractional CFOs, I would think that you were business coaches. Because when I stick my head in every time, you're talking about other ways to earn revenue, other business opportunities, missed opportunities, when to launch things. Like it's not just, hey, am I addressing my numbers? I feel like that's, I feel like that's the end of it. I feel like it's very much 50%, 75%. Are you doing, are you making the right moves in business? So talk to me about that. Do you ever feel like a more of a business coach than a fractional CFO? You're just like, speaking my language, I, my favorite thing to do on the planet is to jam about business and finances. Like I said, in the beginning, it's just the byproduct. So all these decisions that go into leadership and communication and contract review and energy, what lights you up, what dims you as a business owner, that is all what goes into this. It ends up in a financial framework, but there's so much leading up to it. So what you're hearing is things like, Okay, I've actually got to have a difficult conversation. Remember the burger? Yep, yep, <laughs> totally. Conversation. So I had this concept of, you know, the burger, the top bun is basically you lead with a, pos- a positive sandwich. You have some positives, you got the meat of it where you need to address some issues, and then you've got either the call to action or the takeaway. Mm-hmm. And it's a framework that is really a leadership tactic, but you can apply it when you're talking to employees, when you're talking to contractors, vendors, relationships. Chris, has she used down on you yet? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
stop teaching her these things, Bridget. (laughs) You're like, are you burger sandwiching me, Lori? But it's really important that you have somebody in your corner. We, Amanda and I call ourselves, we're like your big sisters, right? Mm -hmm. Something comes up in your business and you're like, well, shit, I don't know. Let us know. If we don't know, we can direct you to somebody in our professional network. We can help identify who the person that you need is. But that's really what your CFO team does is it's an all-encompassing advisory. We become part of your leadership team. We're invested in your mission. We really feel confident in our ability to be able to empower you. It's not just about saying, here's your report, here's your numbers, do better, or hey, you're doing great. It's wow, how does that feel? Yeah. You want to do some more of that? you can't afford not to hire this person. Like these are the conversations that we have. And what lights me up so much about what Chris said is I get giddy. I get pumped. Like it is one of my favorite things to do is to be in person and jam with those white sheets that he talked about. I've got some right with me right now. I mean, it really is when you find something like that, that lets you ideate, that lets you step into somebody else's heart-centered mission and feel like you're a part of it. Like I can't think of anything better, to be honest. I watch you like most of the time you walk into a financial meeting and it feels very low energy. I walk into the meetings that you guys are having with Lori and it's super laughter and high energy and brainstorming. It feels like it feels like possibility. So let's talk about you being forward looking. If I had to sum up what you do compared to an accountant, I think an accountant is reactionary. Shit's already done. Broken, good, bad, doesn't matter. All they can do is react to it. You are proactive. You are forward-looking. You create projections. You tell people what they can and cannot do comfortably based on the projections or where there may be a pitfall. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important to be forward-looking? And what do you have for some tricks around that? Yeah, I think it's really important. If you're you're listening to this and you're kind of like, okay, I have cash in, in my bank account. I feel like I'm okay for the minute, right? Oh God, what'd you call that? It was a, a funny term. <laughs> oh, the bank balance accounting. Bank balance accounting. <laughs> Listen, I bet over half the people listening do this. They're like, oh good, the bank accounts look good. I'm doing okay in business. And that, yep. and then they don't know they have a problem. Yep, credit card still works. Feel like I'm yep. in business, kind of tongue in cheek, but totally squinching in the back end. So, you know, that that's a term that's kind of been thrown around the bank balance accounting thing, but that is something that's really common. And And here's where I want to explain really the meaning behind this. Like let's humanize money. Managing your money is a form of self-care. And the reason that it's a form of self-care is because anything that you do to improve your well-being is considered self-care. And if money is keeping you up at night, it's causing anxiety and stress. And it's like this big unknown, like the monster right there. And people ask you questions. How's your business doing? And you're like, I think it's okay. I don't know. That causes internal turmoil and takes energy away from you doing things that you would rather be doing. And so when you have money and you're using a point in time like today to say, this is where I am with my cash bank balance, that doesn't allow you to even dream bigger. It doesn't allow you to make confident financial decisions. So the importance of having a forecast, of having 30, 60, 90, 12-month forecasts is to give you a roadmap to that vision. So many of us get in these mastermind rooms. Chris, you hear it all the time. You get on strategy calls for you and you say, okay, where do you want to be in 12 months? Mm-hmm. And they're going to set most likely a revenue goal or an income goal, or a charitable contribution goal, or all of the above. And they're at point A, and they want to get to point Z. And we're not necessarily taking them from A to Z, but we sure as hell need to reverse engineer all of it into steps that's going to get them there, because the work starts now. 
where you want to be in December. I tell people this all the time, like, oh, you want to take the month of December off? You want to have a different holiday with your family because you were so strapped this year with so much work? That work starts now. Who do you need to hire? What workflows do you need in place? How do you need to set yourself up for success 12 months from now? And that's why the forecast is so important. It's interesting because you touched on something that we talk a lot on, about on the show and that that is one of the places that scarcity comes from, right? The, the fear that you don't have enough, which then, as you just eloquently said, stops you from making good financial decisions. Like you, you might not invest in a mastermind or you might not invest in an, going to an event because you think you can't afford it because all you're doing is looking at your bank balance. Mm-hmm. The truth is you probably can afford it, but without forward looking, without looking at the projections and, and without looking at the money that's coming in in the future, instead of the snapshot of what you have today, you miss out on those good decisions. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, can make poor decisions. There's a lot of over-investing that can happen right now because there's such great opportunity for mentorship. Yeah. And it's really a matter of kind of saying like, if especially if you're launch-based, so for those of you that are listening that do big launches, which means a big cash inflow, which is an incredible business model, right? But that bucket of money that comes into the bank account, I would ask you to really get clear about how long that will last you. Yeah. Because a lot of times what I see is, great, I've had a big launch. I'm going to hire these people. I'm going to potentially buy this car. I'm going to do, it's my Tiffany's box, right? It's like, I want the instant gratification. It's a reward for having a good launch. Mm -hmm. And that's short-sighted. It doesn't mean it's good or bad or otherwise. It's just short-sighted. So do it in a more informed way by saying, I have $100,000. My monthly burn rate's 25 How long is that going to last me? Do I have the means to hire somebody? When would I need to launch again so that I'm prepared for it? It's not a scarcity launch. It's not, I look at my bank account and it's below a certain amount. Shit, I got to sell something. People feel that. You want to be able to do it super intentionally. And that's what the roadmap of the forecast will help you do. Look beyond the month ahead. You know, I feel like you're speaking to all the coaches right now. One of the one of the epidemics I see, and again, I'm not judging. I'm, I'm helping people say, oh gosh, that's me. I need to fix it, is constantly overselling and overlaunching to their audiences. Every week they're selling something. Every couple of weeks they're selling something because they're selling based from, oh, the bank account went down a little bit. I got to earn another 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 grand. And then a few weeks later, oh, had a big expense come through, joined a mastermind, got to earn another 20, 30, 40 grand. And then, oh, forgot taxes are due, got to launch it. And they're, they're exhausting their audience, constantly selling something and they're going to run out of people to sell to. And that simply comes from not managing your cash flow. Am I right? It's so true. It's like you're you're not only potentially exhausting your audience, but you're exhausting yourself. And so you have to kind of get to the root of your business. What are you building? Are you always going to be the product? Mm. Are you building something scalable where you build a machine and it runs whether you're in it or out of it? A lot of my clients right now. So again, I have product, I have brick and mortar, I have mm-hmm. service, I have pre-revenue. So whatever industry you're in, listen, yeah. a lot of the people that I'm working with right now are figuring out how to elevate themselves into the standard of the brand, not the actual brand. Myself included, full transparency. I'm sitting here, right here talking to Chris. It's my face. I'm the CFO of the company. I can only help so many people one-on-one. Yep. So I get it because I'm in it and it's about being saying like, damn, I know there's a problem out there. I know there's a demand. How do I help more people? And so thinking about when the business becomes bigger than you, what does that look like? Who do you need in place? What systems, 
what support, what infrastructure. And maybe your goal is to scale it and sell it and multiply it. And maybe it's not. Either one is okay. Because I always say no revenue goal is worth your piece. Figure oh, out that's a good line. Yeah, no revenue goal is worth your peace, your peace of mind. That is so damn good. Let's talk about your business a minute. You guys are killing it. You're thriving. It's your long-term goal. Yeah, it's, business. A, it's a really great question. And it's it's fun. I'm fortunate enough to get in the rooms with people like you and Rob and Lori, and we can jam about certain things like this. And I think that the ultimate mission is to help educate and empower entrepreneurs to make confident financial decisions. Like that is the, the bread and butter. butter. I'm, I'm stoked about it. I'm excited about it. I am also well aware that my bandwidth is only so big, right? So for me, I start to think about how to reach more people, doing a lot more speaking, writing a book, looking at some platforms of education from a financial standpoint. You mentioned before, like, yeah, financials. Like, I want you to be able to place me. When you hear money, I want you to think Bridget. Yeah. But there's so much more that goes into that. There's career transition. There's lifestyle. There's experiences. There's money mindset. There's all the things that go into building a lifestyle that feels super aligned, like profitable, but like a full life. Yeah. And I'm just scratching the surface with what I'm doing right now. So I want to continue growing. Amanda and I were hiring this year. So that's exciting. <laughs> we're hiring this year, but we want to help as many people as we possibly can within the realms that feels really good to us and then expand to something more educational, bigger reach, bigger voice written, oral, those kinds of things. And I'm just pumped. Like I've never been really this excited, this grounded and this kind of jazzed, I guess, about a year as I am now, because every year you build off the next. So whatever you did in 2022, that's just your starting point. Take all those lessons, turn those into possibilities. It's the framework. Every lesson you learned last year, you shouldn't have to learn again. Get out there and start learning new ones. Yeah. Boy, isn't that the truth? You just talked about you're excited, you're bullish about the year coming up, except the news. And I say this kind of facetiously keeps telling us, watch out for the recession and, and mm-hmm. cut all your expenses and doom and gloom. And is it the big one? And I mean, it's everywhere and it's been everywhere for nine to 12 months lately mm-hmm. as a financial expert. What's your opinion? of opportunity coming up in what the economy will look like over the next, let's say, 12 to 24 months? Yeah, I I honestly, I think that I have an opinion about the news. I don't watch it. (laughs) And I want to be an informed consumer. However, the rain cloud that can sit over me, I'd rather just put the umbrella up. And so I'm going to use that in two, two scenarios here. Like, yes, I want to be an informed consumer, but I also can't operate from that energy. And the entrepreneurs that I work with that aren't operating from that energy have not been impacted. I have people that deal with wellness. I have people that deal with beauty, supplements. There's a lot of different industries out there that people are saying, I'm more worried about what's happening in my house than the White House or the economic environment or whatever it is. And those are the people that tend to be able to stay on track with their goals and their mission and their marketing. And I haven't seen as much of a decline as is being put out there. That doesn't mean it's not happening. It's just not what I'm seeing. And I think we all have a choice as to what energy we're going to operate in. Yeah, I always say you make your own microeconomy. Listen, unless we are Apple or Google or Chevy or Ford or Netflix, Mm -hmm. the macro economy shouldn't really have that much of an effect on your small business. 
Mm-hmm. The microeconomy that you operate within, the, the tiny slice of a 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 pie that you need to actually hit your financial goals. I don't care how much the economy cuts back. There's still more than enough for you to hit your financial goals. Mm-hmm. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? I think it's absolutely true. I think that part of the reason I kind of refer back to what I was talking about, like flipping your world upside down and building your own machine, if you will, or building your own lifestyle is being able to have that autonomy and being able to have that. It's like you get to build the energy that you build your business in and you get to maintain it based on what you're taking in and what you're putting out. And I'm a firm believer in putting out that energy that is expansive, that is inspiring, that is empowering, that truly helps people solve problems, get to wherever they want to get to, that demand doesn't die. It just doesn't. In fact, sometimes it's stronger in a challenging economic environment because people need hope. Mm -hmm. People need something to be able to guide them as opposed to listening to something that's just going to make them feel really dim and dark. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. You said something earlier. I don't want to glaze over. You used the term overinvesting. You know, you guys are hiring this year. That's a form of an investment. You talked about masterminds as a for, or mentors. You said that's a form of investment. There's so many opportunities to over invest. Mm-hmm. How do you have a rule of thumbs? Like, how do you know if you're supposed to hire that mentor? How do you know if you're supposed to make that hire? How much are you supposed to spend on marketing? Do you have a rule of thumbs that we can start to follow out there? I do. First of all, I want to, if I'm a product of a mastermind, I'm a product of an initial mastermind with Chris years ago. And that is, I, I mean that like my, my world has changed over those couple of years because I got in the room to see what was possible to develop relationships. I want to distinguish that marketing and networking and education and all of those things can be combined in investing in yourself in a mastermind. So if you're saying a rule of thumb, a lot of the big ticket items are masterminds or mentorships or coaching. So I want to start there because I do see people overinvest in these. Hmm. My rule of thumb is that is go all in on one. Ring it out for every, every ounce of knowledge that you can possibly have. Nurture those relationships. I had breakfast or coffee yesterday morning with somebody that I met in my first mastermind with Chris. It was Kyle Depies. Oh God. Yeah. Love Kyle. um, Those relationships continue to pay you back for years and years and years where you tend to overinvest is when you, you pile a couple on and you don't have the capacity to put time into them to execute what you're learning. You haven't been able to actually digest and process and take what's for you from each of those experiences. So if you are going to invest in something, Be really clear about what are the success metrics? What am I hoping to get out of this? Do I have the time, energy, capacity to show up for this? Because I'm betting on myself that if I get in the room and I learn these things and I create these relationships, that I'm going to then go turn it into something bigger. Mm. But if I've got three going at one time, I don't have the capacity to do it. I'll give you an example. I have several examples like this. Somebody will hire us to come in. We evaluate all of their vendor commitments. So these are all their contracts that they've got payment plans for. And I'll say, what is this? Were you going to write a book? What What is this group? Oh, I changed my business. I don't have time to do that anymore. And you're in contract. The contract is dotted and inked and I can't get you out of it. And it's unfortunate, but it's a lesson learned. You have to make sure that you not only have the money, to invest in it, but you have the capacity and the commitment to make it a success. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. How do you know when it's time to hire? 
What about that investment? Oh, heck yeah. Okay, so you should hire somebody for a couple different reasons. Guidance, advisory, that's Amanda and I, right? To basically give you your time back, right? Because mm-hmm. likely you're the most valuable asset in your business, likely. Yep. So to give you your time back and then you're betting on yourself if you get that time back, when you get that time back that you're going to turn it into more money. Mm-hmm. So that's when you really know. If I'm betting on myself that I my time is not best spent fucking around in Canva. Yeah. It's best spent on a stage speaking and educating people, then that is a likely decision that you, that opportunity cost is there waiting for. You need to hire somebody to free up some of your time because it's not just the task oriented, it's the energy that it takes from you. This is where I'm going to get stuck. Your, your example is perfect. People are, they're fucking around in Canva trying to figure that out when they should be out there selling their product or being the product or whatever it might be, right? But it's scary. It's scary committing to that salary. Yep. So my recommendation is always this, always start project or part-time. Always, always, always. What feels so scary is paying somebody consistently when you're likely not even paying yourself consistently. I had that conversation with somebody last night. She's like, I'm paying all the vendors, but I'm not paying myself anything. Mm -hmm. It's a big thing. It's important that you're a line item. And when we do pricing templates with people for their services, their package offerings, we always have an owner line item in there. That's personal comp. That's not, hey, I got to pay myself so I can pay my bills. That is like, what is your personal burn rate? Mm-hmm. What does it cost you to live at home? Because if you optimize your business, it's funding your personal life. Mm-hmm. To expand so, on that, by the way, because this uh, is one of my favorite things about being so, an entrepreneur. Oh, yes. This is where like, I love it. So picture a stool, right? You've got the the base of a stool. And this is like your whole, you know, financial platform. And you got three legs to the stool. You've got a CFO team, your business, so you're optimizing your business, you've got your CPA, which is going to limit your tax liability strategy. And then you've got your personal financial advisor. Because the reality is, if we optimize your business all day long and give you more money on the personal side, you've got to then turn figure out how to turn that into long term wealth. Right. Because your business can only do so much to to optimize that. But then you've got great financial advisors that can help you say, do I want to invest in real estate? Do I want to invest in businesses? What are my 401k options, my SEP options? There is a whole potential of a lifestyle that a financial advisor can help you see outside of your business. But we all have to be working together. It's a financial success team, CPA, CFO and financial advisors. That's your rock solid team that's going to be like, absolutely, I have a plan. I'm going towards it. Here's my roadmap. I'll pivot when I need to. And you guys kind of cover two of those stool legs, I guess we'll call them to stick with the example. You're both the fractional CFO team and the accounting team. Is that right? Yeah. So we do the high level strategy and we do the bookkeeping. We also, Amanda's the CPA whisperer. So we work with a network of CPAs. We make sure that you're covered because a lot of business owners, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like it gets to the end of the year and you're like, oh shit, I got to get all this stuff organized. My CPA is asking for it. They're going to ask all these questions. It feels like a second part-time job. Absolutely. And it shouldn't. With us, we get it cleaned up. We keep it current. We keep it accurate. We have tax strategy calls throughout the year. So there's no surprise. We pay taxes from current profits if necessary. And then we basically get your filing done and you can join the next year with the rest of the world a lot sooner. This is a real thing. I mean, I've I've got exposure to so many entrepreneurs. I'd say half of them. They're like, oh, it's tax season. Oh, I've got to get all this stuff to my accountant. Right. And it feels like this burden and it feels scary and it feels like they're missing things and it feels disorganized and it's eating up time that they should be using to make money. Mm -hmm. It's eating up time they should be using to make money. 
Yeah. And you, re- you, you referenced it before in a different context, but it's holds so true here is like, you could be leaving money on the table and you want to be able to set yourself up to have all the information ready. So your tax person, all this tax legislation has changed like a shit mm-hmm. ton in the last couple of years, as you can imagine. So things that the everyday person doesn't know and, and shouldn't know. So you hire an expert, but you give them the information they need so that they can then turn around and advise you because that rain cloud that just looms over you in the first quarter of every year, if you're not organized, you get a slow start to the year. Yeah. Because your energy is going elsewhere. Yeah. Outside of your zone of, of expertise. Right. So it's just it's like sludging through mud. Yeah. Who wants to start their year sludging through mud instead of making money? Yeah, exactly. So if you're listening, again, we're not shaming you. You might be sludging through mud right now. Just get it together. Hire the right people, whether it's a bookkeeper, you find a CPA, you get last year buttoned up, and then you set the financial framework this year to be successful. And I'm going to give you some basics for that because financial framework can be like, oh, that sounds like really daunting. It's the basics, like Chris said. Do you have an LLC set up? Do you have a business bank account, a business credit card, a bookkeeper? Do not find yourself in this same position next year. You will thank yourself all year long. Okay, so let's start to put a bow on this thing. And I think this is a great segue into saying, what are the signs that they need to reach out and consider a fractional CFO like you? But the first sign is if you're sludging through this mud or quicksand at tax time at the end of every year, that's your sign. You need a fractional CFO. Give me more signs. Yeah. So this is like the biggest sign that I, uh, that seems to resonate with people most. I'm going to start here is people will say, how do I know when I need a fractional CFO? And my answer is this. It's when your business becomes bigger than you. And I'll tell you exactly why that's important. If I'm a solo entrepreneur and I'm kind of exchanging time for money and I've got enough volume where I can organize it, that's okay. But as soon as I start needing to make investments, I need to make bigger financial decisions. I need to hire somebody. I've got volume that I can't really handle by myself. And I'm looking to really grow this. That's when you start to need the advisory. That's when you start to need to use your numbers to actually make decisions instead of the other way around. A lot of times people will make a decision and say, oh, I invested in this. So that means I got to make up for it. I'm holding myself accountable. Use friends. That's not accountability. That's actually could be, could potentially be irresponsible. Yeah. So use your numbers on the front end to make decisions versus the other way around. Give me more signs. Okay. So if you're pre-revenue, you know, if you're, if you're a company that is pre-revenue, you're raising capital, you've got a product that's getting out into the world, you need financial modeling. You need somebody to be able to, and, and and not just because you need it for your own peace of mind. I'm talking investors. Right. They want a third-party qualified, skilled financial team to be able to say you didn't pull those numbers out of your ass. Yep. Scaling or product, if you're introducing product, that's a big one. Product-based businesses have other compliance. They step into a whole different world of sales tax and inventory management and different things like that. So the complexity of your accounting for a product-based business does require an expert skill set. Yeah. That would be another sign. If you're entering in sort of a partnership or a collaboration, we love this, right? Chris, you do this. And it's like, mm-hmm. once you start to enter in agreements where contracts are needed and you need to make sure that there is appropriate accounting to make sure the assets are split or whatever the agreements are, you know, for revenue share, profit share, all of those things, you're going to want some people that are going to be able to advise you through that because you're emotionally invested, not just time and money. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So if someone's listening and there are any of those signs and and they want to reach out, but they're hesitant, I want to reinforce what I said before. You are the most non-judgmental, 
the most positive, the most accepting and problem solving, meaning whatever you find, they're going to fix it for you guys. You are the best person in the world to reach out to for this stuff because I've watched what you've done with Lori. And like I said, it was a gift to Lori and I. So what would be the first step to reaching out to you? Yeah, I think, you know, it's starting a conversation. You you kind of have to sit back and say, do I fit into one of those categories? Is that something where it is keeping me up at night? I have some resource in that I have some money in my business and I really want to turn it into more money and be a good steward of this cash. Mm-hmm. I would go straight to BridgetBoucher.com and start to look at what a money mapping experience would look like. I also am on Instagram at Bridget Boucher and I, Chris will drop all those in there, but really let's get to know each other. I put a lot of content out there. I love to educate. If it's something that you wanted to start a conversation about, the website would be the place to do that. And we can hop on a call and figure that out. It is not about staying in a place of mystery or shame. Today is the day you make a different decision. Today is the day you change your relationship with money. And I'll tell you, every single person listening to this, your money story is as unique as your DNA. It's completely different from one another. But the difference is, You can't change your DNA. You can change your money story. Oh, that's freaking good. Give me that website one more time if they want to reach out to you. So it's BridgetBoucher.com, B-R-I-D-G-E-T-T-E-B-O-U-C-H-A.com. BridgetBoucher.com. You've got something called a money mapping, which is basically like a cleanup discovery session. It's basically like, okay, I understand you haven't, you know, you may be scared. I understand you don't know what's going on. Let's literally take a look under the hood and and do the oil change and do a quick cleanup for you, a quick detail. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah. A money mapping experience is a two-day in-person deep dive. And there's a couple of reasons we do it in person. You know, like Chris mentioned, you know, he does masterminds in person for a reason. Mm -hmm. We pluck you out of your environment. We get in a room that is a completely safe space and we go through, what are your numbers telling you about your business? Mm -hmm. What matters to you? And is your business supporting this? What financial strategy would you need in place? What are goals? What's a lot of money to you? Yeah. How much do you need to live off of? What feels good to you in your business right now? And what sucks? Yeah. And we really drop in. Now, there's some things on the front and end of that and back end of that experience. But the meat of it is that you need to be able to have a safe space to talk about your money in order to reach your goals. If money's always been something that is either a mystery or maybe a little triggering to you, Now is the time to invest because that is only going to perpetuate over time. Thankfully, money's not going anywhere. So the sooner that you change and improve your relationship with money, the more good you can do with it. Yeah, I think these these money mapping sessions are crucial because it solves the fear right there. Boom, on the spot, right? A couple of days, everything's cleaned up. No more fear, the whole nine yards. I want to do something wild, actually. And, And this will be a surprise. I think the listeners will... Freak out because I don't, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, I've never done anything quite like this. You know, I'll give away books once in a while, stuff like that. But watching what you've done with Lori has been such a gift to our relationship so that I don't have to manage the finances for her company. I mean, I'm, I'm saying exponential rewards in our relationship. I don't want other people to suffer because they've got financial fear or they're trudging through the mud or any of those things. So I'm going to make a bold offer. I will personally contribute $500 of my own money. And I know you'll hold me accountable to that. Like that's because, well, one nice thing about talking to a CFO and accounting team is they don't let any pennies go unaccounted for. So she really will hold me accountable to this. But I'm asking that you to hold me accountable to this, you know, literally make sure it's me paying for it. I will contribute $500 
towards anybody who goes to your website and lists me or the show, you have a referral box, right? Yep. All right. So just put Chris Harder or the Chris Harder show and whatever your, your money mapping session costs, because I think they're kind of custom for each person's situation. She'll defer, she'll bill 500 bucks of it to me and I will cover that. And the only reason I know I can make that bold of an offer is I know you can only do so many of them. So I know I'm not going to go broke doing it. You could probably only fit, you probably only fit 10 of them in or 12 of them in or something like that. So I know I'm not, I'm not going to go broke, you know, from, from this offer. But if you're listening right now, if you want this, if you want this money mapping thing, I will personally contribute $500 towards your money mapping so that you can feel comfortable going and doing it because it's been such a gift to Lori and I. This is why we listen to Chris's show. He believes that he walks the walk, he talks the talk, he educates, he he understands the importance of all this and he wants to share it. And I appreciate that more than you know, Chris. I think that you were just a stand-up guy and always have been, and this is why you have the following that you have. So I know I appreciate that. I know your listeners appreciate that. And I just hope to see some of you fill that out and that we can get this party started in 2023. Yeah, guys, all right, go to BridgetBoucher.com. Spell it one more time. E-R-I-D-G-E-T-T-E-B-O-U-C-H-A. And as long as you put Chris Harder or the Chris Harder Show in the referral box, otherwise we wouldn't know, she will bill me for 500 bucks of your money mapping. All right, guys, love and appreciate you listening. Bridget, I cannot thank you enough, not just for being on the show today and, and helping to free people from a lot of their financial fear because there's too many good entrepreneurs doing good things that just don't have their money right, right? We got to fix that. So thank you for being on the show and sharing all that knowledge. But more importantly, as I open the show with, thank you for being such an incredible resource for, for my incredible wife. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success. 